0: Spent significant amounts of time lubing my chair yet still. Well
1: oh, I think now it's too tight. You need to lube it some more. Okay. Well, I was reaching down and feeling
0: it. Now I just have lube on my fingers.
1: You just if you reach around. Um
0: it'll it'll fix it. Yeah, put some more lube. Okay. I'll I'll get on that and I'll send you a picture. I'll send you pictures. Sounds good. You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 133, starring the world's fluffiest carrier.
1: He's
2: he's He's a fluffy, fluffy
1: boy.
0: A semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, terriers, and whatever else we can think about. And Florida people. We also talk about Florida people. I'm Greg. I am not officially a Florida person. I'm joined by Jimmy, also not a Florida person.
1: That is correct.
2: Rob, totally a Florida person. Totally a Florida person. And a native Florida person. Mm-hmm. If we had put up a poll
0: on our Twitter page, we I'm are pretty giggity. sure we oh, could say yeah, which, of, which one of us is officially a Florida person, you know it would win that vote. Make sure you lubricate it first, Greg. That's right. Exactly. Lube that poll, baby. <laughs> so this week, we're going to talk about a bunch of random stuff. We are going to talk about The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan slash Bulls documentary from ESPN. We're going to talk about the straight-to-video, straight-to-streaming movie that was supposed to be in the theaters,
1: Scoob. <laughs> yep, go ahead.
0: And, uh, Jimmy, you added something. Yeah, what I'm going to talk a little
1: Joy Division.
0: Excellent. you can going to talk a little bit about a Joy Division. Uh, it was a concert?
1: Several things.
0: Excellent. Cool. I'm excited about that. that. And the prescription drug-filled satire, Kids in the Hall Brain Candy. This is from 1996. We usually do 80s movies, but because of that Bulls documentary, I was actually feeling a little 90s. Mm.
1: There's nothing time? straight about this movie. And I love it. Guys, so this is a review show. Uh, if you have not seen Brain Candy or The Last Dance, uh, if you don't know what happened to the with the Chicago Bulls, Uh, There are going to be spoilers. You will find out. We will try to avoid any major twists. But if you did not know that Michael Jordan won a ton of rings with the Bulls, then you might want to skip come back later. Use your own discretion. What news? I saw
0: that you had added some news. I'm I'm intrigued and wondering what it is because I did not click on the link because I wanted to
1: uh, see what you're talking about. Yeah. So I've talked about um the band Ghost, the the uh, Swedish metal group. So um, not not Ghost. Not Ghost. Not the good Ghost. Um okay. this is the shitty molecore hot topic um a quote metal band. I don't know. It's the uh the um face painting
0: and music that doesn't stand up to the wonderful history of face painting.
1: Yeah, no, certainly doesn't. Um, it is the brainchild of one Tobias Frida Forge, um, who has uh, launched a lawsuit against UK-based vodka maker Ghost Vodka. And why do you think that is? Uh, Are they using his image? Nope, not at all. They're just called Ghost Vodka. Because they're calling it Ghost? Because the company is named Ghost Vodka.
0: Uh, Both of you have just said the word ghost. I am also expecting a lawsuit coming in from the lead of... The lead singer of Ghost
1: band. Watch out for that Tobias Forge. He is reeling after reaching a settlement with former bandmates uh, because he was uh, surprised sued for being a (laughs) douchebag by (laughs) former. Can you do that? (laughs) Uh, They. I've got a couple of people I need to file against if that's the case. All of us should be very, very concerned. That original loss to, to uh, Tobias Forge withheld funds from his fellow band members. Um, I believe that has been settled. And what the makers of the Ghost Vodka say that now that Tobias Forge is a little bit lighter in the pockets, he's decided to come after their vodka. And in a statement released by Ghost Management, they say that uh, basically for any other maker of spirits um, in the EU, uh, the name Ghost in any form related to (laughs) spirits or alcohol is owned by one Tobias Forge. So, uh, Yeah, I know. They're saying nobody else can the, the bottle there because ghost has put out a gin um, and it probably tastes like ass or uh, they're saying that this is not a gin versus vodka lawsuit. The <laughs> maker of the vodka posted a hilarious picture. You guys are familiar with the Karen phenomenon that's why i was just laughing he karen hair <laughs> did you see it yeah yeah the picture is hilarious uh it has a picture a promotional picture of ghost i believe that the grammys with tobias forge with his hand held out um instead of a grammy he's got a bottle of ghost vodka in his hand and he's wearing a karen wig or a uh the the picture Photoshop i believe was, yeah cropped from kate from john and kate plus eight Cause yeah. she's got the most Karen hair in the world. It says, I don't care if this bottle can't sing. We want to speak with your manager. Uh, it is hilarious. <laughs> Fuck off Tobias forge. Uh, just, I, I can't wait till that band goes away. There's, they've got the worst stick ever. Uh, they're just awful. So um, yeah, just whatever. Go away. little punk.
0: Well, what's old is new again in my little bit of news here. I just saw this. It actually was big enough news somehow that it came through on the front page, pushed through on my phone
1: by multiple
0: news parties.
1: Yeah, this is an actual thing?
0: Yeah, go ahead. So people talked about the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Mm -hmm. Now, Hmm. there's a bunch of different levels here. This might actually morph into some sort of question. But basically what happened? Was there was a four hour cut of the Justice League? that got bumped down to about a two hour and twenty minute cut. After this was before it was ever released. This two hour and twenty minute cut was described as needing some work, but it was expected to need some work. And then uh, Snyder, uh, Zack Snyder, who was the director of that movie and the previous, uh, what Batman vs Superman and uh, Superman the other one, uh. Basically, he stepped away...
2: No, not Returns.
0: Um, Man of Steel? Man of Steel. Yeah, that's it. Uh, So he stepped away abruptly. We found out a few months later that it was because his daughter had committed suicide. Um, Mm. Which, it's a very weird thing to do, to go and to know that, and yet still criticize work, although one thing really doesn't have much to do with the other. um, If we're criticizing something that happened before it. But... That, that's a whole other thing. So anyway, this this uh, cut, they basically brought in Joss Whedon. We all know that Justice League bombed and wasn't super great and was very uneven and so on and so forth. So anyway, apparently it got out that there was this Snyder Cut. And then uh, every year on the anniversary of Justice League coming out, the Snyder, release, the Snyder Cut hashtag has been trending. Uh, last year, it trended actually more than any hashtag associated with any Warner Brothers movie ever. All which right. Is kind of, which is kind of interesting. I'm not big on hashtag trending, but that is kind of important because it led HBO Max to actually start funding the finishing of the Snyder Cut. Okay. Ooh, so, all right. So, HBO Max, yet another paid service, but they are putting up between 20 million and 30 million dollars dollars into finishing the show or the movie uh it is possible they will bring in some of the actors associated with it gal gadot ben affleck which is a big deal because he stepped away from batman Um, there it is most likely actually going to be a mini series broken up into chapters like tv like tv style chapters where it's not quite an hour long but maybe an hour and a half or whatever they need to tell that story which is kind of interesting uh, not much else is known about it, just that you know, there's a lot of big names associated with it. A lot of people are excited to get back on board. People that weren't excited to do anything else in the DC Cinematic Universe before. So, you know, I don't know what I feel about this.
1: No, I mean, because... I have a lot of time to process it.
0: Yeah, it, I did. It, like, I woke up to it and then obviously I had work and stuff, but I don't... My thought is... Justice League sucked yeah. at two hours and whatever minutes it was. And I don't know if editing or changing little things here and there or some additional dialogue is going to make it not
1: suck. Yeah, guys, come on. Is it going to be really that much better? But... I'm uh, also I mean, you, gonna... you
2: kind of hope that it is, but... I mean, I mean, ultimately much better. No, I mean, I I don't really think that any amount of editing can save it Mm -hmm. because it it wasn't a great movie. I mean, it had its moments, but it wasn't it wasn't a great movie. And unfortunately, it's always going to be compared against the Avengers. And the Avengers is just a superior product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Zack Snyder said that
0: that only one fourth of all of the stuff that he did was actually on the screen. So that is actually a lot. When and it, you have, and dear God, God I, I, I
2: don't I don't want to sit through a a movie that's three times as long and still have it be just as bad.
1: No, it's true. Justice League.
2: <laughs> not
0: just as bad, thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome. Uh, I'm both intrigued and not. I mean, it really depends on what is coming out around the same time as if I'm going to delve down that path.
1: It, look, because, when HBO Max comes out, I'll get the trial and I'll watch it, and I'll yeah probably never at least see the either. first chapter. Like, yeah, I. It's not worth revisiting. Mm-hmm. Not in my opinion.
0: Like it was such a, the I'm trying to think of what that like we did not like that movie. I'm pretty sure we re- we reviewed it. I do I think, think that,
1: I had the most favorable response to it, and that's. I mean, I thought it was enjoyable because I saw it in a dollar theater. I mean... Yeah. It reminds me of, like, a poorly budgeted
0: movie that they made off of a video game in, like, the late 90s. It just didn't seem to exist in a world that actually exists, which is one of the strengths of the Marvel Universe. But I am intrigued. I will maybe check it out, depending on what else is coming out around that time. It supposedly will be out in 2021. And we will uh, see what happens then.
2: So that's what I got.
1: Right. Thank you for um, explaining that.
2: I do have a little something to add as far as news is concerned. What do you have? Well, um, I'm sure as you guys know, recently, uh, both Universal and Disney have begun opening up. Um, Universal last week opened up CityWalk last Thursday. Uh, Thursday, I think, was their first day. Um, they opened up City Walk. It's limited attendance, so mm-hmm. or limited capacity. So they're running at like twenty five percent capacity. I think they've only got mostly restaurants open. They had one store that was open, and that was the Universal Store. They didn't have a ton in there, but you know they they, they had what was normally in there. Um, so we went and did that. We went out to dinner there, and today Disney Springs opened up, and they've got basically restaurants and a couple of third-party stores no disney store no disney restaurant is open yet but it is at disney springs third-party restaurants or some 30 most third-party restaurants and some third-party uh retail locations are open but no disney-owned locations are open yet
1: did you go today
2: i did it was it was interesting. I I actually made it to Boat House for the first time. I don't think I've ever eaten there before. He's touching his uh, face. He went to I Disney am. and I was touching his face. His nose I just am. fell off.
0: Oh, I oh, can't do it. Um, Jimmy looks horrified. I <laughs> Rudy Bird over here. Well, you, we, Jimmy, you're immune because you touched that subway handle
2: in England. So you're actually immune to everything. You have natural immunity. Yeah. He's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> um, it's. I mean, there still isn't a ton to do, but it is nice being there and having it not be super crowded. Um, a lot of the stuff that you know I would want to look at or walk through isn't open yet. So, I mean, stuff like mm-hmm. the Void obviously isn't open. Um, the World of Disney store is not open. So, you know, a lot of the the, the pin locations are not open. And I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen to pin trading once Disney reopens. Oh. I was because worried about the Lego stores as well. They have taken out all the Legos from in front of the store. There are no Legos in front of the store.
0: They're just empty bins as if they'll come back or that's completely gone. It,
2: well, the empty bins are still there. They're just okay. empty. Yeah. So maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Um, but even if they do, it'll be a while before they come back. Yeah. Um, so it's it's nice to go. And I, I think I posted on my Instagram on on this weekend. Cause we went back to universal this past weekend that mm-hmm. it was, it was nice to just get out and walk around. And I didn't really realize how much I missed going out and just kind of walking around universal or walking around Disney. Um, and also it's not super crowded. Now I will say that they have uh security measures in place. You have to wear a mask at all times, except when eating, when you, when you sit down at your table, you can take your mask off. You have to eat your mask. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you yeah. have to eat your mask and then get a new one. Yeah. Um, And they do uh, temperature checks as you enter. So Universal stops you for temperature checks as you're walking out of the parking garage, and same thing at Disney Springs as you're as you're coming up to the bridge where you walk across. They're che- they're doing temperature checks there.
0: Now wait, okay. So is it one of those wussy laser no touch temperature checks, or am I going to
2: get full on anal thermometer? Oh, you're going to get an anal thermometer. Excellent. Good. Can you request one. You're you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna get an anal meat thermometer. Ooh, that's spiky. Ooh. But no, they do check you with the laser temperature check, um, and they make sure that you're wearing the mask, and then they let you in. Now, I will say, it's it's kind of funny because Universal opened up with all of these with all of these restrictions in place, all of these guidelines, and nobody says shit. Disney announced that they were going to open up. Listed the exact same guidelines and people lost their fucking minds. I noticed that as well. I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, they they got absolutely flamed on, what was it, Twitter and, and like all on the social medias. They're like, this isn't magical. I'll just cancel my annual pass. And yes, I'm like, I saw. what's funny is I saw, I
0: saw that in
2: reverse. <laughs> you go right I'm ahead. Sorry. Nobody <laughs> yes. gives a shit. Nope. Go ahead. No, I'm glad no, they're opening up. I'll wear a mask. Nobody's
1: fucking sympathetic to your, you know, your bullshit.
2: And they're like, I, what if I can't wear a mask for medical reasons? I'm like, well, then you probably shouldn't be out at the park. Yeah. Just well, that's simply. what I, it was
0: funny that you say that because I saw the Disney restriction first and I saw all these people complaining about it. I'm like, why are they and I like literally went and looked for the city walk ones mm-hmm. because exactly. I was like, yeah, cause I was like, why are people so pissed off about this but not the city walk ones? Yeah, yeah. I don't get it.
2: Yeah, and people, and want people were like well, well, you know, that's not very magical. And why, why should I have to wear a mask when I go to Disney? Blah, 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 blah. And I don't, what if I can't wear a mask? And, well, then you shouldn't come. Well, but you know, it gets hot and you know, it's not healthy and people are gonna, people are gonna pass out and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, then know your limits. So, so, and, the and that'll so be the, the next person I'm wearing that can come full in. helmets. Like that'll be the, you know, they'll, you'll pass out, they'll take you out and then somebody else can come in the park.
1: I'll tell you what you can do. If you're so upset about not being able to go to Disney because you, for some reason, can't wear a mask and you should probably not be outside anyway. Exactly. You should go to YouTube and check out Earsome Emporium and watch out for live streams. There there you go. Just
0: don't make any comments on said live streams because we don't want to hear from you.
2: True. Okay, um, let's.
0: Oh wait, sorry. These people sound like Florida people. So I was going to segue, but what do you got, Rob?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. They they are definitely Florida people. And the the one of one of the ones that I just wanted to point out that I thought was hilarious was they were talking about the opening of Disney Springs, and one of the comments was actually, "Well, how am I going to get on a ride with a mask?" And the first comment underneath it was, "What ride are you going to get on at Disney Springs?" That little train. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, the, what? The carousel, like, but but yeah. people people complain about the dumbest yeah. shit, and they only complain because it's Disney, and they think you know that they're. And somebody pointed out that the difference between Universal fans and Disney fans is that Disney fans are entitled. They have they yeah. have this entitled mentality. I I and, would agree with that, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous, and it's just you know what, shut the fuck up, cancel it, your pass, we'll be glad that you left.
0: I in some ways, I think people. That Disney is so big that people forget that it's actually a company and can still make their own decisions. Yeah.
2: But yeah. okay,
0: so we're moving on to Florida here.
2: <laughs> From and, Florida people to Florida people. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, you know, guys, last week you tormented me endlessly about pooping in the pool. Which, oh, yeah, my I backyard mean, is now my not happy over, little.
1: But okay.
0: Yeah. So my backyard is my happy little oasis and me, I'm not a morning person, but and I do. happy little toilet. I do wake up and I go out there and I sit and watch mm-hmm. the little waterfall and find, see this little brown thing floating in the water. No. So anyway, you know, I like to sit out and have some coffee outside every morning. Jimmy knows my coffee situation because I used to make him coffee, uh, but which we'll talk about later. Yes, he did. But anyway, uh, so there's a woman. I don't believe she said her name, no. So there's a woman. She decided that she was going to have uh, coffee on her back patio, just like like me. And she was, her patio, she got a good condo. It overlooked the pool. And uh, so she was having the coffee and looked down. And what I can only describe as the Hispanic version of Kramer, of Seinfeld, uh, was sitting down there naked, in Florida, by the way, wearing... Naked from the waist down, but he was, in fact, wearing a red sweater, which, All right. you know, All right. an, an interesting decision. I'm sending you guys the link so you can then see what I'm talking about with the Hispanic Kramer.
1: Hell yeah, let me see it.
0: There you go, it's in the chat. But anyway, uh, so he she looks down, and there's this man naked from the waist down. Oh, God. And he proceeds to uh, start... Uh, masturbating she said his penis and buttock were completely exposed maybe not at the same time depending on which way he was facing but he looked up at her and said this is what you do to me proceeded to walk over to a lounge chair laid down on the chair and stated this is where you sit he then lifted his legs up over his head and played with his penis so the man uh his name is joshua but it's spelled weird j-o-u-s-u-a as a just dear God, there's so many R's and Z's. Etchazaretta was arrested and charged with exposing sexual organs, vulgar, indecent manner, or naked in public, loitering or prowling, resisting officer without violence to his person, and stalking simple with threats. And of course, because this happened in Florida, you have entered the realm of WTF. Welcome uh, to Florida. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: just look at his mugshot.
0: Yeah. So she. A couple things. One, she said that that was actually the chair she always used, which is, that he said he sat on and said, this is your, where you sit. So she had never seen him before, but apparently he had seen her before, I, I assume, or else he was got very lucky. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing is I did Google his name and I found his, uh, his uh, uh, Instagram page, which... Oh, no. It was very normal, all things considered, except for one thing that just stuck out to me. No pun intended there. Um, he had a he had a picture that was like one of those, like, post this picture and see what your friends say. And it was posted, uh, I guess, within the past month. That said, if you had a chance to meet me in person, would you? No, I would not. I would no. absolutely not want to meet no, you in person. I would not. He also had a picture of food. That was um of like it was uh one of supposed to be like an Instagram style food picture, and it was the most vile picture of like barbecue stuff ever. It was like a half eaten bag of like barbecue chips and an open bottle of barbecue sauce, which a bunch of like crap stuck around. It was like he tried to stage a picture of pretty food, but just didn't get it right. So
1: (laughs) I see it. Yeah. Uh there there are a lot of that's that's drugs man yeah that is uh those are he uh he had something there
0: yeah because he seems
1: relatively normal instagram lots of him smoking lots of money um pictures of scarface because he is a super gangster but yeah
0: Congratulations. Welcome to uh the WTF
1: Hall of Shame. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. He's been in jail for a while. Yeah. Just for generally being a douchebag. Yeah, that too. I will never understand why people would feel
0: the need to like take a bunch of money out of the bank and spread it out on their bed or countertop and then
1: take a picture of it. You got a picture that says uh, it's just. It says, "I'm not always right, but I'm always real." <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Really going to jail? Okay, really let's get into our you. yeah. Let's let's get into our topics here. We've got a bunch of stuff. I've got two topics. Jimmy's got one. Let me do. Can, can I do last dance first, and then to kind of spread out? You guys having to listen to my goofy face? Go for it. Uh, did either of you guys watch the last dance? Not yet. I did not. Uh, so I did not care at all about basketball. In the 90s or 80s, grew up in Pittsburgh, it did not was not a thing. I moved to South Florida. I think the first basketball game that I actually watched was the Knicks game the night that OJ Simpson decided to hop in his Bronco and mm-hmm. ride off. All right. Um, I watched it at the Ruby Tuesdays in... Meister Park after seeing Speed at the movie theater there. And we walked out, there was a giant crowd of people, they were watching the basketball game, and then they were all watching the, the chase. So that that was kind of the extent of it. And then I sort of got into the heat. Uh not the LeBron James heat, but before then. Because I was mm-hmm. working for Y one hundred and I had free tickets. That's so like I, Dwayne
2: Wade Shaq Heat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little bit before then, like uh Alonzo Mourning and stuff. Okay. So anyway, that was my extent of base of basketball. Now I obviously knew a lot about Michael Jordan and I knew all the, the big quote unquote hits of his because my high school girlfriend was of course from Chicago and a huge Bulls fan as a result. So
1: your high school girlfriend was Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. My high school girlfriend was in
0: fact Shaquille Uh O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal was not from Chicago. Uh, it was uh, uh, what's his name? Dude that was always injured, uh, but he was pretty good. He played for the Bulls briefly. Ah, whatever. See basketball, don't know. But anyway, so I decided to watch this thing because I am a big fan of documentaries, and I was fascinated. I loved every second of this. It brought me back to that era, and just they didn't really go into other things going on at the time. But I could, I was mentally able to kind of like put myself in that time period because I remember where I was when certain things happened, like when he retired or when Michael Jordan's father died, the things that this, the the really cool thing about this documentary is at first I was like, okay, the the documentary is covering the very last year of the bull's dominance. So how much do they really need 10 episodes on that? But what they did was they, they actually split up that year throughout the 10 episodes with all of the stuff building up to that point. So they might have a, you know, talking about the beginning of the season when Jerry Krause, who is the villain of this, he was the general manager of the bulls that at the beginning, inexplicably said to Phil Jackson, after he had won five championships, you're not coming back next year.
2: It doesn't matter win. if you go
0: 82 and zero or some shit. Yeah. He said, I yeah. He had broken the record. He had, you know, all of this stuff He said, you're not coming back. And Michael Jordan said, okay, well I'm not playing for anyone else, but Phil. So, it was basically, that's why it's called The Last Dance. It was like, if you come back, if he's not coming back, I'm not coming back, so this team is basically going to be over. Um, Still have no idea why he decided to do that at the beginning of the season. But there was that kind of thing over top of it. So you basically follow Michael Jordan from college to his rookie year. And the thing I thought was really interesting, and I don't know why this happened to me, but I remember the first time I ever saw my favorite band in concert. Um, They had already been my favorite band for several years, but they weren't touring. That was Pearl Jam, obviously. But they weren't touring because they were in a fight with Ticketmaster. And when I finally got a chance to see them about five or six years into their career, it was so bizarre just seeing them on stage right in front of me. And watching this, it was so weird seeing Michael Jordan just sitting there in his house now being interviewed about this stuff. And I don't know why I had that feeling. Mm. It was interesting. Cause he's like so larger than life now, but hearing him talk about stuff, hearing him laugh about like, uh, Gary, Gary, there's one point where Gary Payton was saying that everyone was scared of Michael Jordan, but me, I was, I don't know if you've probably seen this clip, but I, yeah, it's like everyone was scared of Michael Jordan, but me, I just took it to him and I wore him down. And Michael Jordan, like then watches that clip on an iPad. He's like, I didn't have any problem with the glove. I didn't have any problem. I was having busy things that I had more things on my mind that day, and it's because that game happened to be on Father's Day, the year after his father had died. Mm. So he had a bad game, and then of course the next day he torched Gary Payton. But like, so it's, it was just, it was a really interesting thing uh, to watch. The other thing I thought was interesting is when Michael Jordan's father died, it was a news story for everyone on the planet, and. I never even sat stopped to think that like the people behind that, you kind of forget that celebrities are people. It was like, oh, this celebrity's father died. He was, he was shot. Like you just, I like, you kind of don't think about that. Yeah. um, Because you don't, you're like, oh, well, you know, he just goes back to his mansion and does whatever. Like I never did anything bad about it.
1: Well, but... celebrity status, I mean, they're, they're, they're not normal people. So yeah, yeah I
0: understand that and then you go back and you look and his father is in every single picture with him mm-hmm. uh, po- like post game celebrations and the first time he wins it if you the first time he's kissing the trophy when he first got it the bath the NBA championship his father's right there and they were super close so when people are saying well like oh i think michael jordan reti- you know retired the first time because of this or that you know that you kind of forget that there are other things going on in these people's lives uh the sheer competitiveness of michael jordan is there uh talking about just how like from anything from golf or like he had to work himself up on certain games to like like hate his opponents and someone will be like great game and will be like what do you mean by that like an opponent <laughs> like
1: yeah I, so. I heard i heard them talking about this on the um on the radio the other day uh afternoons with scott Inez on uh-huh. ESPN 580 Orlando which i love um how michael j he he would take any of that, the smallest, you know, bit of that, and turn it, it would just fuel him. <laughs> that really makes me think of like Joe Pesci from what was it,
2: Goodfellas? Yeah. Yes, exactly. What, what, what do you I'm mean by that? You think I'm a clown? I'm here to amuse you. What yeah, do you that, mean that, I'm funny? I'm
0: absolutely funny, dude. Oh. Now, the, honestly, the coolest thing about this whole thing was they had
1: so much footage from. Yeah. They shot all this footage. They they were just like, "All right, crew, here you go," with with really no plans until mm-hmm. this director was just like, oh, "Okay, you know." All the all the practices, mm-hmm. the the
0: obviously the conferences. The you have like there'll be times where they'll they'll talk about. He'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, is it this game?" And so and so said this to so and so. And then they show it and they're like on the bench talking. And I guess they're talking about the Steve Kerr shot where, um, where everyone's like, oh, they're going to give the ball to Jordan to take the shot. And Jordan, like, he said, he leaned over to Steve Kerr and was like, yeah, I'm, you're going to take the shot or be ready. And Kerr's like, yeah. And he said that Jordan whispered it to him and he was so excited. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. And <laughs> he was like all excited. And Jordan's like, dude, like, trying not to let the other team know what you're yeah. doing. Um, but so just all these clips, and it was just really, really cool to see. If you have not, I mean, it, it was—it's the most watched documentary on, in ESPN history. It's super high rated. It's like nine, if you look at every episode, they're like nine point five, nine point seven out of ten. They're high. Uh, highly suggest it. I didn't want it to end. Um, I'm kind of thinking now. I'm like, okay, what are they going to do this to next? Because the like the Patriots are like the obvious thought, but like they're boring as shit, and yeah, everyone I'm hates sure them. That shit. Like, I I would talk I mean. all about this stuff. I didn't even mention Dennis Rodman being completely nuts and, like, skipping oh. out after a game to go wrestle and missing, like, the next day's practice without telling anyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: Just random crap like that.
1: Vegas midseason with Carmen Electra.
0: Yeah, well, I've done that. Like, that one episode that I wasn't on the podcast was because I was with Carmen Electra in Vegas. All sure. right. I'm calling bullshit. And I don't believe that at all. Not even close. I was at a karate belt thing or something so rough macho yeah anyway uh they oh, they talk about the flu game which was apparently not the flu it was actually food poisoning little things like that but like I can't think of any other sports team like I I guess my mind also sort of maybe went to the Steelers because they were terrible until the 70s and they had a, a it was kind of a big deal there but I don't think they're going to have the footage available because it was that was a bigger deal to get footage in the,
2: in the 80s than yeah, the 90s. Yeah, I mean, because cause I, I think in the 70s, you've got the Steelers. In the 80s, you've got the Niners. In the 90s, you've got the Cowboys. Um, See,
0: the Niners were not a cluster. Like, the Niners didn't have any wackiness associated with it. No, not really. Other than maybe the, the changing of coaches periodically.
1: If you wanted to know what happened with the Cowboys in the 80s uh, or 90s, you just watched the uh, local Texas news reports. Yeah pretty much or check the, uh,
0: the Dallas jail records. Yeah. The uh, like maybe the, the early two thousands Gators where they had Tim Tebow, who was like the Saint and all of the sinners on that team, which would be a kind of interesting one. But I mean, there's a, this was so good that I don't, that I think there's going to be a market
2: for this kind of thing. Moving forward. You Um, might be able to put something together with the Pistons. The bad Yeah,
0: that'd be kind of interesting. There's, I mean, there's a lot of sports stories, but I don't know how many would require a multi episode right. situation. But either way, there's uh, the director of this um, also did the Andre the Giant documentary that we all loved, and such a, good, such a good, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, so he's good, and he also did a bunch of the thirty for thirty things so you know you know the 30 for 30 stuff out there it's all sports documentaries so Fantastic. if you want to check those out yeah yep, feel free so that was the last dance jimmy take us in a completely different direction
1: yeah um that's awesome I, I can't wait to watch it man i i got all caught up in that i i used to you know pretend i was michael jordan in my my driveway you know um shooting the ball by myself but Uh, You can see how that career choice uh, uh, panned out. So um, May 18th marks the 40th anniversary of the passing of Ian Curtis, one of the founding and original members of the band Joy Division, which later after his death evolved into New Order. Peter Hook, who was the bass player of Joy Division, live streamed starting at 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, which I was up for, watched it all day, a concert that they had put on, I believe the same day in 2015, where Peter hook, uh, is uh, the parts of Ian Curtis and did a very good job. Um, lots of parallels here with a lot of other artists that I really never knew. I never really connected. Um, so, for example, Nine Inch Nails, uh, the song "Dead Souls" from the Crow soundtrack—that was a Joy Division song. I never really realized that. Um, the band The Killers, um, The Killers got their name of a after a fictional band in a New Order music video called The Killers. Uh, a lot of bands would not be where they are without the influence of Ian Curtis proceeds from that. Uh, hey, you, uh, real quick. You mentioned the
0: nightish nails thing. And when, when yeah. you let me borrow that book while I was reading that book, I was listening to, uh, to some new order stuff. And I heard that song and it's very It's different, but it, when it gets to that, they keep calling me. I was like, where yeah. have I heard that before? Yeah. I was like, then I looked at my phone cause I had it flipped down. I was like, Oh, wow, I didn't realize that was a cover.
1: Basically, a lot of your favorite bands would not be who they are without the influence of Ian Curtis and Joy Division. All proceeds from that live stream uh, went to the Epilepsy Foundation, which Ian Curtis uh, suffered with his entire life, had a, a huge impact on him as a person, and a lot of the depression that he Went through late 70s, early 80s, not nearly um, as understood or, you know, talked about as it is these days. Um, That evening, there was also a live stream called Moving Through the Silence. It was another stream uh, that this one proceeds uh, with an appearance by Brandon Flowers of the Killers, among many others, benefit the Manchester Mind, a Manchester-based mental health charity. Uh, 2020 this not only so this this wasn't like a hey this is the an anniversary of Ian Curtis's death as, as much as uh it's also a celebration of the 40th anniversary of the release of their second studio album as joy division closer where you have gems like atmosphere level Us apart some of their most famous songs if you've seen stranger things you've heard joy division um a very emotional part. They played atmosphere where I believe they found they've quote, found the body of Will Byers. Mm -hmm. That song is, is joy division made a lot of people cry. Um, So with that comes a a new remaster of joy divisions closer. Um, You can look that up. The vinyl looks amazing. It's an absolutely phenomenal album. Highly suggested. If you've, Never listened to Joy Division. They're absolutely one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, you can also pre order the uh, live streamed concert of Peter Hook and the Light. All proceeds also go to the Epilepsy Foundation. So uh, definitely check that out. We are going to move on to something a little lighter. A little lighter.
0: Uh,
2: s- scoob. 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 The-
0: Uh, Have either of you guys seen Scoob?
2: No, I didn't know that it
1: that it uh, came out actually. I I didn't know it came out, and I didn't know that it was a thing.
0: Okay, so I've seen apparently back in February uh, when I went to the the last time I was at a movie theater. Apparently, I went to see some kids' movie, and they had a commercial for Scoob. It had adorable little baby puppy Scooby-Doo, and kid jaggy and it, i thought it was this the movie looked durable and i was very excited to see it of course i was planning on seeing it in the theater it's always nice to go with the family to the theater mm-hmm. but um they did release it straight to streaming you could either rent it for 20 bucks or buy it for 25 uh decision is pretty much made there as i've already watched it two and a half times um now it was released uh may 15th which was last friday uh, directed by Tony Cervoni or Cervone, written by Matt Lieberman. Do we know who that person is, Matt Lieberman? He is a Hollywood it writer right now. He was the guy that wrote The Christmas Chronicles. Oh, was he? He also wrote uh, The Adams Family animated movie. Uh, he wrote the upcoming Free Guy, which is the... The, the Ryan N- Reynolds one? Yeah, the Ryan Reynolds NPC character movie, which is eventually mm-hmm. going to come out. Uh, and when I looked up his name, he is currently writing the remake of Short Circuit.
2: Is he really? He is are we, now are we remaking it?
0: Apparently, we are. Now, I also have a tie <sighs> a tie to this particular person. I have not yet met him, but I am. I have been actually editing of uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, not inspirational uh, meditation audio samples for his for his mother who is a friend of my in-laws so i'm hoping to get him onto the show at some point where you can yell at him for remaking short circuit but after christmas chronicles was a huge hit uh he is now pretty much the it it writer for you know lighthearted stuff which might have a little bit of a darker tone but Still pretty light. Uh, the movie is starring Will Forte, Mark Wahlberg, Gina Rodriguez, Zac Efron, Amanda Seyfried, Ken Jeong, and Tracy Morgan, amongst other voices. And the the ta- synopsis or tagline is actually pretty pretty spot on. Scooby and his gang face their most challenging mystery ever, a plot to unleash the ghost dog Cerberus upon the world as they race to stop this dog apocalypse. This gang discovers that Scooby has an epic destiny greater than anyone imagined. Now, when I first saw the thing, my first thought was, aren't there a ton of different venues for Scooby stuff to happen? There was the live-action Scooby movies, the cartoon. There was the the 3D animated Scooby things, the straight-to-DVD Scooby things that are 3D animated. There's the the Scooby uh, Lego movies. I was like, well, what makes this different that it gets to be a movie? And... When I watched it, I was like, okay, this is actually a much bigger story than just a typical, you know, there's a guy in a, an abandoned uh, amusement park that is dressing up in a costume to try to, uh, you know, steal something the gold that was found underneath the amusement park. You know, the typical Scooby story. And
2: I would have gotten it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids.
0: Exactly. And you could already know going into this movie that they're going to do a play on that where like every time someone's about to say it, they'll slam the car door in his face or something until the very end, which of course happens. Uh, the movie's cute. I actually, I did enjoy it. It was definitely a nice little uh, escape for a little while. Uh, you know, it looked good, of course. I thought it was actually more of a, going to be a, what's it called? A, a, not a prequel, but a origin story of how Shaggy meant Scooby, but it wasn't. That was really just kind of the beginning um, and it, it was there to explain like why Scooby and Shaggy did certain things that they did later on, you know, like basically, you know, that, you know, that one of them is the smart one and one of them is like the good looking one and one of them is the caring one. And then there's like the stoner and his dog. And it turns out that they're, because they're so silly and stupid and they always get into problems. They always find that they're always the one that seems to find the way out of being caught in a cage or whatever. So the, because they'll like accidentally break something or whatever. So they kind of do that. Um, what it turns out is this movie is big enough that I believe it is supposed to. I don't know what's going to happen now, but it's supposed to, I think, open up a whole uh, Warner Brothers. Is it Warner Brothers? Maybe. I don't know. Whatever the, the it's basically a shared universe. Okay. Because, uh There's a bunch of, like, cameo characters in there that I was not expecting to see at all. I knew nothing about this other than that first trailer. Uh, But uh, here's a little bit of a spoiler. But Uh, uh, ready? You guys good? You guys good on Scooby spoilers? Totally fine. Uh, They do fall through a certain area and meet up with Captain Caveman. Uh Uh-oh. Which, which, one, I had completely forgotten existed at all. But when I saw him, I'm like, holy shit,
2: it's Captain Caveman! Yes.
0: Uh, Blue Falcon is in it. And of course, Blue Falcon's trusty dog, who is? Dynamite. Thank you. Um, so Dee DD Skies was in it, who was part of like Captain Caveman's like little group. Um, Hong Kong Fooey is mentioned. Oh, there.
2: number one super guy.
0: Yeah. Like I forgot about these characters and I love them. Uh, at one point they're in an arcade and you see a, a, a game that is in there called the Laugh Olympics, which I used to love.
2: Oh, I um, loved the Laugh Olympics cartoon, Hanna Barbera. Yep, the
0: basically the the plot does involve uh, is it Dick Dastardly? Is that his name?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the dog, and what's his dog's name? Mutley. Mutley. Yep. And apparently, Mutley gets trapped on the other side of like a portal, and that's like that's why he's trying. They're trying to go and like steal all the stuff to reopen the portal to get him out, but it's not really the story. But it's what it's what he's telling people to try to make himself seem better than he is. So it was actually pretty cool seeing those characters modernized. Uh I I did enjoy it. I think that there was there was some really good humor for adults in there. Um was it a good movie? No. Was it something that if you have kids that you're going to watch a million times over and over again? Oh yeah. Um should people see it? Yeah. You know, is it if you're not doing anything and you would have been spending that money to go to the theater right now, spending 20 bucks on a movie to rent for a couple days is perfect spending. Was it better than Justice League? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, if you if you had an option to watch Justice League or Scoob, I would watch Scoob any day of the week.
1: Uh, interestingly enough, the film is scored by Junkie XL. Really? Well oh, Yeah. I mean, sees uh, Junkie XL is moving into the uh, the film universe. I know, I know he has, but I didn't know. Am I, I, am I supposed to know who that is? No, he he did stuff for Blade. Uh, okay. He he had an awesome awesome track on the Blade soundtrack called "Dealing with the Roster." That's super like fast paced and techno and stuff. And I'm like, oh, he did. Okay. it does have it does have a pretty decent uh, score now that you've mentioned it i guess that's uh hey danny eltman was in fucking oingo boingo so whatever
0: yeah so guys if you did not know that scoob is out to buy or rent uh and you have kids definitely i highly suggest going to do that um and if you were looking for something kind of lighthearted and fun with a little bit of a feel there is a great joke about shaggy in this movie and absolutely it's it is uh it is awesome. Uh, the, it was basically someone was talking about, about Shaggy. They're saying like, oh, I saw this guy. He, he talked. He said like every other word. He talked almost like a middle-aged guy was trying to figure out what a teenager sounds like when they talk. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, by the way, uh, I did learn what is Shaggy's real name. Do you know? Cosmo. No. I did not know this until this movie. His real name is Norval.
1: So. All right, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't like
0: it. Also, oh, also, and they do the opening sequence of the movie, the like the credits is a three uh, animated version of the original TV show series credits. It was re- like very cool to see that again.
1: Hmm, I think this sounds like something I'd enjoy. It was fun. It was just fun, fun big movie
0: or bigger than a regular episode of Scooby Doo.
1: Build a uh, build a. Uh, a fort out of pillows and stuff and make some popcorn. I don't know. It sounds fun. Yeah. That's exactly... That's pretty much how I watched it.
0: I think that covers our regular topics. Does it? I think it does. Did I forget anything?
1: No. I think that's it. Okay.
0: Well, let's go to our way back machine here. We're not going as far back as normal. We're going to talk about Brain Candy, the Kids in the Hall movie, or Kids in the Hall Brain Candy. That was... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> Rob's sh- breathes out loud. <laughs> Rob. Not a fan of the kids in the We'll get to that. Uh, it was released on uh, April 19th of 1996. My birthday. Yeah. See, they did it just for you. You you insensitive sack of. Right. Um, yeah. I couldn't even finish my sentence because I was reading. If it, it was 19- for my
2: birthday, they should have
0: given a better product. I love that movie. Uh, directed by Kelly Macon. You're starring, of, of course, the kids in the hall: Dave Foley, Bruce McCullough, Kevin McDonald, Mark McKinney, and Scott Thompson. Yeah. And if, the synopsis.
1: What? If if you're if you're like I don't know who any of those people are, you've seen them,
0: yeah. I promise you've seen so you've, them. or you've heard them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Foley, of course, from News Radio. Mark McKinney is excellent on the TV show Superstore. Kevin McDonald, um, the one thing I really remember Kevin McDonald from, other than that, is he's the voice. Of uh, one of the aliens in Lilo and Stitch. One of the, like, little toady aliens. Um, yeah, the, the little nerdy science guy. Yeah. And also, he was... Um, I think he was also in the episode of Seinfeld. with Where Elaine gave someone the wrong number. And I'm Seven, pretty right. sure... I, I think he was the guy that she gave the wrong number to. At, like, a party. Bruce McCullough.
1: You don't know him from anything... He's the awkward park ranger in Super Troopers 2. Yes. Not to be confused with Norm McDonald. Yes. Yep. Sweet, sweet Norm
2: McDonald. Or Michael McDonald. Even more more than Ronald McDonald.
0: (laughs) Yes. So all of Kids in Hall, they are basically the Saturday night live of Canada. I was said Canadia. That works too. Not be wrong. Uh and of course the synopsis of the movie, a pharmaceutical scientist creates a pill that makes people remember their happiest memory. And although it is successful, it has unfortunate side effects. I'll go with the initial thoughts and Rob is going to disappointment. Disappoint me.
2: Yeah. Am I going first? If you want, this movie completely reminded me why I did not like kids in the hall to begin with. I, I, I just don't find them funny and when you find, when you don't find their humor funny it there really well there really isn't enough substance to carry the movie because their movie is predicated on you finding their humor funny and and it's like i it's not i mean i was like i just didn't i didn't care i was watching the movie and i'm like this I, there's literally nothing in this movie to get me invested in this because i i don't I don't feel for any of the characters. They jump around a lot. It's that they have a whole bunch of like different characters that they're showing. I don't know how often they came back and showed the, the, the guy who was singing at the rock concert. And it's like, really? I mean, it's, and it, it's like, it's like they were trying to, yeah, it's like they were trying to poke fun at all of the big, um, uh, pop, pop culture stuff from like that decade, probably. And it was just, it was like, oh, you know, somebody, to me, it seemed like it was, it was a movie that was written by a bunch of middle schoolers who haven't quite figured out what's funny yet. So it wasn't, it wasn't like it was just absolutely terrible. I mean, because the acting was, was still decent. I mean, it was, and it had a coherent story. It just, it was, eh, I was like, all right, this, okay, this is dumb. I I wasted an hour and a half, I think. I don't. I've lost track of time. I don't even know how long I've been sitting here watching. This. I have the exact opposite opinion, Jimmy.
1: What you got? Sure. Uh, great memories watching the kids in the hall when I was younger. Um, I I must have seen this movie in an edited form on Comedy Central. I I didn't realize how how um, adult oriented or I'm. I'm I didn't realize there was as much swearing in this movie because I'd only ever seen it on cable. Um, but, no, it's right there on YouTube, and it's unedited glory. And, well, it, t- it took me a few minutes to get into it. And I was like, oh, man, this is kind of bad. And then the kids in the hall, they they were doing what they did best, playing these little bits, these little different characters. The same person plays, you know, four characters in the movie. And they're uh, they're just, they're great. I, I thought they were really funny. And, and that's the big reason why I liked the movie is I liked seeing each of the kids in the hall play a different character. It wasn't so much that I liked and thought this was a great movie. I just thought the individual performances um, as they do best were funny.
0: It's weird because I did not love everything the kids in the hall did on their show. In fact, there was, there was some,
1: I thought they, I still thought they were funny.
0: Like there were some times that I would watch it, watch the show on comedy central late at night being like, Oh, cool. Something I can watch. And it seemed like the last half of an SNL show when all the weird shit happens. Um, yeah. But when this movie came out, like I knew it was coming again. Cause I, I subscribed to, uh, entertainment weekly. So I kind of knew it was coming. And when it came out, I, I didn't get a chance to see it cause it did not do well, obviously. But when it came out on video and I was at that point working at a video store, um, I snapped it up. So I've, I've owned this in VHS. I then it's hard to find. So I bought it on DVD and the DVD I have of it. I wonder why. Mm. I, it's, <laughs> it's hard to find. Not because it's bad. <laughs> it's hard to find because of, because Paramount so got neat. pissed, got pissed about a certain character in it. Um, so they didn't, they didn't want to market it. Um, but it has kind of grown to have its own little life, but the movie version I bought of it, it's this movie with, uh, back to the beach, like an Annette Funicello movie on the other side of the DVD, which is a very weird combination. Uh, Yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a pretty good version of a satire because like I, I would put it up there, maybe not quite at the same level as office space but mm-hmm. the next tier down. Is it, I mean, yeah, the, I agree with that. Cause at the time this was, this came out right at the, the very beginning of, Oh, all of my problems are solved because Prozac was invented. Mm. Cause that, cause Prozac kind of hit in 87, this movie hit in 96, but it was, but like the idea of Prozac nation didn't really start until the like 92, 93. So it just, it was, and since it's, you know, talking basically about like, Hey, if we just market enough drugs, it doesn't matter what the side effects are uh, because you know, we'll just, we just try to get people to prescribe them as much as possible, which is now illegal, which I'm not sure like they're, the giving away of stuff and all that. Like they've, they've changed those rules, but I thought the two sequences early on that really caught me with this movie are, um, let's see the, just the, the way the, when, when the, the one father, so basically, just say if you guys out there haven't seen this, it's a pill that they designed that will get you locked into your happiest memory and will keep you happy that way. And so anytime you see someone take the pill, you, you see a snippet of their happiest memory. And some of them are dark as shit.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. really
0: dark. Um. So, of course, the the woman, the old woman, who's like super depressed and you meet her like, douchebag son who comes over and is like yeah sorry we couldn't be here sooner but you know the kids hate old people <laughs> <laughs>
1: and she's like oh this is lovely <laughs> like, yeah like she, she just gets the turkey out of the oven and they're like all right mom gotta split see ya." and she's yeah. like this was great <laughs> it's like oh god that's dark and they they toss a
0: present into her hands and like oh what could this be and the, the annoyed wife is like it's our monica <laughs> and slams the door like, oh, but so it's like locks these people in their like happiest memory. And so the, the one sequence where the, the husband gets arrested at the uh, rest stop, the, at the rest yep. stop yep. cracks me up every time. It's particular like, it's one of those that like the humor for me starts escalating oh, escalating escalating. Oh, like, it starts off with two cops saying like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go drain the, drain the lizard. Yep. All the way to like the large amount of naked gay men running out of the bathroom.
1: Yeah, and uh and when he's he's being questioned by the police, they said, "Well, you had your your hands cupped on the 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 man's buttocks," and he's like, "Well, I didn't want him to fall down." <laughs> <laughs> you know, bringing him back
0: to his wife. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to where. The cop called he was
1: like, I don't imagine why a man would go out and do something like that with a hot piece of ass like you. Uh, officer, were the handcuffs necessary? Actually he requested those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Like that like just like little bits like that where just one thing layered on another layer uh,
1: yeah, another that, it gets me every time. That's what as a as a as a whole movie it, it doesn't really do it for me, but those little bits bits uh those almost like little sketches within the movie or what Mm -hmm. did it and i mean you gotta mention the brendan fraser
0: uh yeah the the, when they're testing the drug yeah (laughs) go ahead
1: yeah they're testing the drug and they're going down the line and it's there's you know as they do in trials and things like that they have a placebo group and and you know, the other group where they're actually giving the medication. They're talking to one person. They're like, oh, I feel great. I've never felt better. And they get to Brendan Fraser. He's at the end of the line. He's got pimples all over his face. <laughs> he's just like, nothing's changed. I've just gained eight pounds. He was like, it tastes like sugar. It's t- sugar.
0: And I'm then the, the... the
1: placebo group, aren't I? He's like, well, loose lips sink ships. <laughs> yeah. And then at a, at a point later... In the movie, where they break up another um, of the rest stop sit type situations, Brennan Fraser runs out with a fish tank. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just hilarious.
0: Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit, that is him." The the yeah, I was talking about some of the dark things. Now there were there's a couple scenes that like I I found them funny, but I don't know if they would fly today. Um, the uh, particularly there's a character I referred to as Cancer Boy who was in fact in the regular uh, Kids in the Hall show. So he's a recurring character, so he I guess that's a cameo. And Paramount was not happy about that character being in there.
2: Mm. The um, scene he was in was stupid anyway, so he could have been edited out. The well he was it in was two stupid scenes. and inconsequential to the movie. So other other than the fact that he was a recurring character on the show, I feel like that character was put in there just so that people who watch the show can go, "Oh, it's Cancer Boy," and like so- a
0: couple of those, and am well, the the, I the, the boyfriend important. and girlfriend arguing, I was like, "Ooh," and then the, and the cab driver in general, yeah. were, we're all like recurring characters. Uh, the reason why they put that in there, they it became a big deal. Uh, the reason they put that in there was because um, whoever wrote that particular part was. Not super thrilled at the time with with some of the celebrities he had met, who would basically just do photo ops with kid, little six kid, little sick kids, and then would basically just abandon them. And so he that was where the character kind of stemmed from. Whoever I think it was, Day Foley that created that character. Yeah, it's,
1: it's not a message that comes through very clearly.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that's the initial part of the character, but when Paramount's like, well, can you take that character out? They're like, no. And they were like, you know, what are you going to do? We're just a bunch of comedians from Canada with, uh, with, uh, you know, a $7 million movie. You're not going to, just going to hide, dump the movie. Here. And so they basically cut all funding to the movie, um, right at that point. So they're like, oh shit, I guess they can. Uh, however, all of them have said that they would not have changed that, that part. Um, but So that is the thing. Now the other big thing of course is Dave Foley uh, and Dave Foley had already gone on to start news radio. So he's in this but he actually is, he of course is playing the character that's, you know, the, who are you? Like I'm just a guy. So they kind of, and they also have him playing the douchebag son that I mentioned. So there is a little bit of like them being petty with him. Now he played the parts okay as being like a guy that pops in every once in a while, but he does not have a big part in the movie. Mm-hmm. And they also pulled his credit, his writing credit for whatever reason. And they also admit that they think that was a mistake. Cause so I found a thing about like 20, it was like the 20 years later
2: thing. Um, okay. Well, while they say they wouldn't have changed anything, I have to admit that cancer boy comes off as them more. It, it comes off like they're making fun of cancer boy, as opposed to using him to make a point the other way around. And yeah, that's probably where they had the problem and for them to say, "Oh, well, you know, we wouldn't change anything." It's like, "Well, that's kind of tone deaf and you're kind of a fucking idiot."
1: Well, the, and that's what I was saying that that message that the, "Oh, well, I wrote this because it it symbolizes my experience." Yeah. That does not come through at all. Like, yeah. and that, yeah. and for for me, this movie Um,
2: you, you know how, when you have a friend that tells you a joke that you just don't think is funny and they just kind of start laughing and laughing and laughing. And finally you end up laughing because you know, they're kind of goofy and they're, and they're, you know, they're having such a good time with it that, that, that their laughter is kind of infectious and you start laughing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that wasn't this, this was the friend who tells you the joke. You don't get it. So they tell you the joke again. You still don't get it. They tell you the joke again. You still don't get it. And finally you're just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done. And you walk away. That's what this movie was.
0: Rob is angrily you know, hating this movie. I mean, Rob would have watched
2: it. It was, not, it was not a good movie.
0: Uh, I think it's a great movie. It is honestly one of my top 10 favorite comedies of all time. Like I've watched this movie so many times.
2: Yeah. It's it's not good.
0: And do I see its flaws? Yeah, of course. But I think it's great. Um, I think it. Uh, yeah, I guess I had to watch it on VHS all those times.
1: Yeah, I'd only ever seen edited versions on Comedy Central, like I was saying. And yeah. <laughs> there were parts where I was like, whoa. Okay, that's hilarious. But I did. I, I, I did not remember it. And I would not have gotten it. For me, it's like going back and watching an episode of Animaniacs. Where you come oh, back yeah. and you're like, oh, damn. Somebody, somebody let, they, who was this movie marketed to? Was it? Canadians? I, I don't know. <laughs> Canadians I guess uh, but yeah there were a lot of that and those were the funny parts to me
0: um, the uh, yeah. the the other little thing that I was when it first came out I was like wow they actually parodied Danzig who had just sort of become famous at that time yeah which was crazy that they were able to like get that in there
2: And and in all honesty I think my view might have been different had they gone a little bit more over the top or because it, it wasn't like it wasn't like the stuff that they did was so offensive that it was funny i mean like like family guy family guy does does some shit that you're just like oh my god what you know it wasn't like it was so offensive that it was funny it was just they were trying to be they were trying to be highbrow about it and they were trying to be subtle but unfortunately a lot of the stuff that they did it was just like it, it's not it, I mean you either need to go all the way with it or don't bother putting it in there it's so I yeah
0: it, it had a Canadian sensibility maybe that that is that is shocking to Canadians I think uh when they when they filmed this movie mm-hmm. the um like literally right before it they uh one of the guy's brothers killed himself mm. uh there was a, there was actually two marriages that broke up. Um, and of course, Dave Foley that had quit. So they, they were, there is a darker tone to this movie than most of the kids in the hall thing, things. And you can, pre- you can pretty much feel that there is yeah. a, there is the, the Kevin, uh, what's his face playing his own dad, uh, Kevin, I forget his name, Kevin McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin McDonald playing his own dad. We're getting home and just the, like, so did you clean the house? Oh God. I don't gun. Did you clean, Did the, you clean gun? the gun? Yeah. I'm and like, like, what's funny is his his breakdown, which that part b- b- makes me laugh and still kind of shocks me. Especially the part that makes me laugh is just the way as he's walking into the house, the suitcase, uh, his briefcase opens up
1: and just dumps yeah. the paper. That part, <laughs> he just keeps walking. That part I laughed and then he gets inside and you hear the the gunshot and I'm like, oh shit. Ooh, that got dark. And then he's like, shoots himself in the foot I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's you know, it's it's, haha. Okay. Ah, oh, my foot. And then he does it again, and I'm and like. And then he shoots his other foot,
2: and I'm like, now nah, you're
1: just a moron. It's like two hours this, later,
2: he finally hit a
1: vital organ. Yeah, and he I was shot. like, oh Jesus! Like those were the things they cut out, made for TV version.
0: Yeah, it was just that part, which is funny because like they interviewed him because he was usually that character, like the the beleaguered person that was that was played off of the other characters he was not like a main player in kids in the hall but he had to be pushed to the front because of dave foley leaving so he said that was like the one time he really got a chance to like play and just go over the top which i thought was kind of an interesting thing but
2: so we know rob doesn't like it yeah well and i've I've made the I've made the statement in the past that I don't really like movies that seem to try and and shove their statements down your throat. And to me, this movie seemed like a huge, um, a huge middle finger to like big pharma and corruption in the like the FDA and whatnot. And I mean, while I see that and I understand that, it I, I really feel like they could have done they could have put out a better product and I just didn't think it was that great.
0: I can see that well, one but of I the guys did mention that. Reasons. Actually in some of the some of the research. There's a lot of writings on this movie for a movie that didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Um one of one of the guys did mention that. He was but it was less that and more a someone who he was one of the car- one of the people, I forget which one, who actually suffered from depression
2: mm-hmm.
0: and felt that you should work through it rather than just take a magical pill. It turned out, I mean, based on the, the knowledge of what we have back then, he was oddly right. Because the pill, because this is based on Prozac, which I believe was has been discontinued, if I'm not mistaken, or at least for it was for a while. Um, so he wasn't actually entirely wrong about that. But yeah, definitely, there was definitely a big, um, a big thing on like, well, you know, let's just pretend like all of the studies didn't didn't go wrong because we want to sell more drugs Mm -hmm. um and you know pushing it based on the marketing guy who's like well let's make it orange oh the uh the of course the other the other thing in this would i last thing i want to mention was uh don rorator who of course is based on who the the lead a guy of the drug thing he sounds a little bit like um another character from another movie Really? You didn't, didn't catch that? He is basically based on Dr. Evil, or Dr. Evil and him are based on the same person. They're... Oh. That's why they have the same talking pattern or speaking pattern, and that is um, uh, the... What's his name? The producer from SNL, uh, which I can't remember their name. Of course. Lauren Michaels, thank you. Yeah, the, the he's based... Basically a combination of Dr. Evil and uh, Rorator is, is Lauren Michaels. Yeah. Like... Even the even the pickiness over the, the Red Sox and things like that. Now it's not they're obviously um, satirizing, but um, it is based on him and just how picky he can be on certain things, which I thought was kind of funny because yeah. he produced both shows. So um, depending on what type of humor you like, uh, if you like Rob type of humor, you won't like this. If you like my type of humor, you will. And if you're uh, Jimmy.
1: Or- on the outskirts or in between where I like the short bits that the uh, kids in the hall do. I like their sketches. And this is why I like the movie. I like to, I, I appreciate this movie as a bunch of different sketches, not as a tied, whole tied I, together. Not a it's fucking, like a bunch of little sketches. Uh, like, I don't care about any of that. It's just a bunch of little sketches with a little funny. I, I love to see those ugly dudes and the kids in the hall play women. I, I, I think it's hilarious.
2: I don't yeah. think Prozac has been discontinued. I know that, well,
0: it, it was for a short while. I I did find something on that where it was until they could purify whatever drug makes it up. But I, maybe it's back. But either way, they're finding lots of issues with various um, antidepressants. And uh, I'm pretty sure that those guys, uh, Not not that they pinpointed it as early as other people, but they definitely pointed it out um, in '96, you know, right? Which was what, s- seven years or nine years after these drugs came out.
1: You know what '96 is backwards?
0: 9691. Six, nine, one. six nine, nine, yeah, six, nine, six, one. Oh, you're trying to get me to '69, you silly person. Uh, they will not be remaking a movie. Of of this of course uh, There has been talk of doing some other Sort of kids in the hall movie I'm not sure what will happen from there They have gone on tour recently all together So they're all friendly again And I'm I should have gone to see that tour They did play in Orlando but I just missed it But we will see what happens As all of those guys have gone on to Big
1: comedic gigs on their own Yeah I think a lot of them has um, As far as the question That we generally ask here um, I like that there's been a revival of sorts, that they were at least touring, um, and I'd like to see this go the route of perhaps a Super Troopers Part 2 to bring it again, where the film was largely crowdfunded. I think the audience for this would, uh, would you know, I'd, I'd pay to see a, a, a new Kids in the Hall movie. Yeah, I'd support that. I, I'd marked remake this. Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. It would not. It, it just won't. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So
0: now the question, which I thought of actually quite a few ones, but I decided on on a documentary based question here. The question of the week. Uh, one of the other questions was, I was also thinking about best uh, long-form movie ba- based on something from a sketch troupe, which might have been easier for Rob to figure out. Um, because, you know, of course, you have all the SNL movies and... Uh, Monty Python. Monty Python, Strange Brew, I think came from a, from a SCTV. I don't know the exact name of it. but And, of course, this. My list likely would have been five Monty Python movies. <laughs> so what we are Let's going say. to do... The best long-form multi-episode documentaries that is based, of course, on The Last Dance. Long-form multi-episode documentaries is, of course, a documentary that's not just one long movie, but something that either played out over multiple streaming viewings or on TV or something like that.
1: Jimmy, hit me. Yes, sir. So I'll go ahead and start with Mine five. There might be a couple of Netflix ones on here. Um, and starting with that, my number five is going to be the Ted Bundy tapes, Confessions of a Killer. It was absolutely fascinating. Now, I'm basing this on, um, multi-episode documentaries that I could not wait to watch the second one, or the the next series, right? So that's going to be the Ted Bundy tapes, Confessions of a Killer, that's number five. Uh, Number four is going to be Evil Genius, another Netflix one. And number three is another Netflix documentary. Called Abducted in Plain Sight, not because I found I it. could not finish that one, not because it was bad, and that it's 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 a really good documentary with a really fucked up story, but I yes. had to see it through to the end. And I think we talked about it on the podcast at one point. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about just how absolutely fucked up it is. Um, number two is going to be Wild Wild Country. It's the uh, documentary about the Rajneeshis in Oregon. Absolutely wild. Uh, in see that one. And I am combining a lot into one here. And that's it's going to be the Ken Burns American Canon. So I'm putting in Ken Burns, uh, Vietnam and the civil war. And there he is a uh, master storyteller and, uh, um, As hard as they are to get through, and as long as they are, uh, you can't deny that they are absolutely fascinating and so Mm very fun. Nice. So,
0: Rob, did you want to do that, or did you want to throw together a list of best movies based on sketch
2: comedies? Oh, I already have my list. Okay, well, do it. All right, well, um, I'll go ahead, and I think mine's a little bit different than your guys's. Um, at number five, I'm going to go ahead and put in evil genius. Mm. There's just some weird shit going on there. Um, at number four, one that we actually recently watched pandemic, how to prevent an outbreak. Some very good information in there as well, by the way. Um, at number three, I'll go with one of, one of my favorites, um, even growing up, it's been a long running series. And I'm qualifying it because it is it is a documentary of sorts, but it has been on for a number of years, and that's going to be Cold Case Files. No, nice.
1: I I
2: love Cold Case
1: Files. Yeah, yeah. that's it. we, we super engrossing freaking episode about this. What do you think of the newer ones with Danny Glover narrating? Oh,
2: I don't think I've seen those.
1: They're, Are they out on Netflix? Yeah, there weren't many, uh, but they're uh, they're very different. Okay, uh, I'll have to check that out. Very fucking good. Excellent, hmm. excellent.
2: At, at number two, I I feel absolutely dirty for putting this in there, but Tiger King. It's what uh, a <laughs> fucking train wreck that show is. I swear to God, you can't. I mean, it, it, you don't you don't want to watch it, but you can't look away. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. I I went down to my mom's house for Mother's Day, and we introduced her to Tiger King. We woke up the next morning and she was watching it by herself. She was like, I gotta I gotta know what happened. She happens. had bought gotta, an
0: actual tiger. She was sitting there she, with She's the tiger like, next I gotta to
2: I gotta see how this ends. I can't I mean this is ridiculous. It is, I still have it not is, finished it to be honest. I still have one episode. I mean, it it is so ridiculous. It's such a train wreck. So that's gonna be number two. But number one is a series that I really enjoyed. They've they've since released, I believe, two more seasons since we actually reviewed it on the show, and that's going to be the Toys That Made Us. Yep.
0: Yeah, very good, very very good. It's amazing when a show can make me want to learn more about My Little Pony and Barbie, Mm-hmm. just as much as GI Joe and Transformers. It's crazy. So, I wish I knew that I could combine all of the Ken Burns things because that would have been that would have saved oh. me. Because I really the well, thing I, I got another one because I only will, saved
2: you one spot.
0: Yeah. I guess it's kind of well, there was other ones that I would have put in there too. The baseball one was really good as well. But uh, we are, uh, I'm going to start off with The Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez, which is interesting. It does fall off a little bit towards the end, but I very much enjoyed it. Um, it was the one that I was arguing with myself between that Evil Genius and the Ted Bundy tapes. So, kind of the same ones. I was hesitant to pick all stuff that came out this year too. That was my other little thing. Uh, the Last Dance, which I just talked about, I loved it. Uh, it's not as dark. Of course, as some of the true crime stuff, but it just brought me back. Uh, the Civil War documentary, I did actually watch that on DVD that I borrowed from a coworker, and it was one of those things that when I borrowed it, every time I saw him from that point on, is what did you think of this episode? What did you think of that episode? I'm like, and it was not something you could watch straight through because, like, there was these letters from people. In fucking hours. Yeah,
1: for one, just.
0: people taught you know writing letters back, like you know. To their parents, like ah, oh, things are going great. I had my. I'll be home uh, my, soon. Yeah, my foot fell off the other day due to gangrene. You won't but, be home soon. Yeah, you know this th- that kind of stuff. It was just it's harsh. It's very well researched. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with the documentary that made me buy a television. I remember one year I was out at Fourth of July with a friend of mine. He said, "Hey, you got to check out." This new HDTV that I got, which I had not seen one yet, like in someone's house, only in stores. And he popped in the Blu-ray of Planet Earth and played an episode about fresh water. And the camera goes and follows this waterfall over the cliff. And I was like, holy shit. It was mind-blowing at the time. Uh, that was Gavin, by the way, Jimmy. Uh, Rostow? Yeah, it was yeah. the guy from Bush. Yes, yeah, I was just hanging out with him on 4th of July. I don't know. Get, he he's, he's He's British, so he has a hard time on 4th of July around here. People yell at him and fireworks startle him. But anyway, so that sequence. Also, it has a very lovely long sequence following a wild donkey, we'll say, through the <laughs> grasslands for a long period of time. And as the camera gets closer, David Attenborough just says, wild ass. And that's why it is at number two amongst the beautiful photography. And Jimmy had turned me on to the, I could edit that and make it say that like Jimmy turned me on, but he did turn me on to the documentary about Vietnam by Ken Burns. Yeah, And it is eight episodes or nine. I don't know how many episodes, a lot of episodes of being
1: punched in the face with history. Just somebody like, Punching in the balls the whole time. Yeah, I mean it's and, it's a hard, hard part of American history. Yeah, hard, yeah. hard punching the balls. That and Ken
0: Burns is known for not giving his opinion. In fact, that's why he wins so many awards because he presents the facts but, and lets you. Is. Here it is, and with something like Vietnam, that is a very hard thing to do. Yeah. Because you will form the opinion. This is the shit that happened. Yeah, I mean, even Ken Burns was interviewed about the Last Dance, and he was saying that like it was a big problem to him that Michael Jordan was curating it. So you saw a lot of Michael Jordan talking about things and re- reacting to things, but you didn't get to see the players
1: reacting to what Michael Jordan was saying. Well, now you're which is have players come out and Horace Grant's like, oh, he totally portrayed me in the wrong light, and then. There's going to be a lot of fallout from that for a long time. Yeah. It doesn't happen with Yeah, Ken Burns documentaries.
0: Yeah. You can't be Well, cuz every in the Ken Burns documentaries everyone's dead. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for listening guys. Jimmy, what do we got?
1: Well, we have uh, a lot of things, Greg. We have a Facebook page that you can find and get in touch with us if you'd like to search for the Give Me Five podcast. You can email us directly at give me five podcast at gmail dot com. We also have a store that you can check out through the website. Yep. Yes, and uh, I love the store. Yeah, on the on the store actually, where you can um, oh. <laughs> You can... Uh, I don't know. Greg was like, what do we got? It, what are you? Well, I think he meant next week. I don't know. We <laughs> might have a guest. I, I might have to pick a movie. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out. So, um
0: yeah. But the store. The store. We we sure. had just edited the store. Yeah. I'm excited about the you store. You
1: know, I, I had been sitting on this design for a while that I, I was very excited about. And Greg... Decided to go ahead and release a a cool design, full of nostalgia. Um, it is a lovely uh, blockbuster-inspired shirt um, with our our name on it. And I uh, I released a shirt as well. So uh, one one could say that I I released a shirt. Um, <laughs> you can find it on the store. It is a friends inspired shirt that instead of friends says farts. And uh, I think it's hilarious. So check that out. We'll be adding new stuff. I did add beach towels because of you guys talking about my pool. Uh, the You
0: know, it's crazy. There's a couple of these that happen every so often. But I released that Blockbuster shirt. I had designed that Blockbuster shirt actually quite some time ago. Uh, after one of our episodes where we talked about something. And then I finally just decided to put it up. And sure as shit, on the front page of Threadless... There was a contest for best nostalgia shirt, and someone made a shirt that that has the blockbuster logo with nostalgia written in it instead of blockbuster. Mm, I that, that, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> so, something that I had yet again, we got one up. And there was, and also, uh, the last dragon, which we covered a couple weeks ago, is being live streamed by Timac Taimak himself. T-Mac. So that is back in the in the forefront again as well. Sorry. Continue, Jimmy. Well, that's all I got.
1: Rob, what do you have up next?
2: I don't know. What what did you leave me? We reviewed all the contact information, right? Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>
1: By the name of Ian Curtis. Um, on that day. Um, they. For the first time. Broadcast a live stream. Of a concert that was filmed in 2015. Um, this concert was. Um, led by Peter Hook. Who was the original bass player of the band. With Neil Curtis. Neil, That uh, fuck. Let me start. I said Neil Curtis. <laughs> just stop. Just I totally thought you froze. I, that. Yeah. I I I was looking for the notes and I lost them and I just saw Monkey come on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking froze. Which is funny because you actually typed that. I did. I was like <laughs> what? Neil Curtis, what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> oh, it's made man. from monkey
0: cum, you know.
1: Uh, okay, let's start over.
0: You're just going to start from scratch on that one.
1: <laughs> you are listening to the Give Me Farts podcast. You can go to our store and buy our shirt that says farts on it. Because we are a bunch of